Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman. Remember by Avram Goldar and today Masechus Nazar Daf Nun Alf, the seventh parak Kongadol. So the three dots we're going to focus on. Number one, Abraisa teaches Ezu Meishayishol Rekav, which corpse has the law of corpse dust? That a ladleful is Matamhi. Mace Shinikbar Arum, a corpse which was buried unclothed, but Arnshol Shaish or Al Gabi Ritzbushal Avanim. In a marble coffin or on a stone floor, its rekiv is metame because there are no other decaying elements mixed in. However, Nikbar Buksuso, if it was buried in its clothing, Barnshal Eitz or Gabi Ritzbushal Avanim, or in a wooden coffin or on a brick floor, all of which may have decayed together with the corpse, its dust is not metame. Rabbi Yochanan said, Shnei Mason Shikbaran Zeim Zed, two corpses which were buried together, Nasa Gilgal and Zelazeb, become an admixture for each other because each is a foreign substance to the other, and their combined rekav is not matame. The more challenges this from a Bryce, which teaches that rekav from two corpses is matame, and answers that where each was buried and decayed by itself, then the rekav of each is matame, and their dust can combine to a ladleful. Point number two, Rabbi Baruchana quoted Rabbi Yochanan, Gaza Sa'aro Kavro Imo, Nasal Gilgalin. If someone caught a corpse's hair and buried it with the corpse, it becomes an admixture with it, and the ensuing rekav is not matame. The more quotes a Mishnah, all parts of a corpse are tame, except for the teeth, hair, and nails. But while they are attached, they are all tame. About this Mishnah, Chizkiya asks, hair which was ready to be cut, or a nail which was ready to be clipped, and he died while they were still attached, what is the halacha? Do we say that anything which is ready to be cut is considered already cut? And it's not matame. Or dilma hashda miya ha Or perhaps we say now they are still attached and are matame. The more attempts to resolve it based on Rabbi Barakhan's statement before, which implies that hair would only be an admixture if it was actually cut, but not if it was merely ready to be cut. The more answers that it's possible that he did not discuss hair, which was not yet cut because he himself was uncertain of its status. And point number three, Rav Yirmi asked, is a fetus in a woman's womb an admixture or not? Do we say that since uber yerach imo, a fetus is like the mother's thigh for various halachos, it's considered part of her body, or since it was destined to leave her body, it's considered separate? If it's considered separate, what is the halacha regarding semen in a woman's womb? Is it considered part of her body since it did not form into an embryo, which would leave her body, or external since it came from outside her body? Well, Papa asked Pirshamo, what is Allah regarding the waste in her body? Do we say since she cannot live without eating, it's vital and deemed part of her body? Or perhaps this too came from outside and is an admixture? The Gemara additionally asks about one's skin, saliva, and mucus, and explains how it's possible to have a corpse without any of the above substances. So once again, the three points are number one, a Brysa teaches, Ezu Meis Sheishul Rekav, which corpse has a law of corpse dust, that a later fall is Matame, Meis Shinikbar Arum, a corpse which was buried unclothed, but Arnshul Shaish, or Al Gabi Ritzbushul Avanim, in a marble coffin or on a stone floor, its Rekav is Matame because there are no other decaying elements mixed in. However, Nikbar Buksuso, if it was buried in its clothing, Barnshul Eitz, Al Gabi Ritzbushul Avanim, or in a wooden coffin, or on a brick floor, all of which may have decayed together with the corpse, its dust is not matame. Rabbi Yochanan said, Shnei Mason Shikbaran Zeim Zed, two corpses which were buried together, Nasa Gilgal and Zelazeb, become an admixture for each other because each is a foreign substance to the other, and their combined rekav is not matame. The more challenges this from a Bryce, which teaches that rekav from two corpses is matame, and answers that where each was buried and decayed by itself, then the rekav of each is matame, and their dust can combine to a ladleful. Point number two, Rabbi Baruchana quoted Rabbi Yochanan, Gaza Sa'aro Kavro Imo, Nasal Gilgalin. If someone caught a corpse's hair and buried it with the corpse, it becomes an admixture with it, and the ensuing rekav is not matame.
The Gemara quotes the Mishnah. All parts of a corpse are tame, except for the teeth, hair, and nails. But while they are attached, they are all tame. About this Mishnah, Chizkiah asks, Hair which was ready to be cut, or a nail which was ready to be clipped, and he died while they were still attached, what is the halacha? Do we say that anything which is ready to be cut is considered already cut? And it's not matame. Or perhaps we say now they are still attached and are matame. The more attempts to resolve it based on Rabbi Barakhan's statement before, which implies that hair would only be an admixture if it was actually cut, but not if it was merely ready to be cut. The more answers that it's possible that he did not discuss hair, which was not yet cut because he himself was uncertain of its status. And point number three, Rav Yirmi asked, is a fetus in a woman's womb an admixture or not? Do we say that since uber yerach imo, a fetus is like the mother's thigh for various halachos, it's considered part of her body, or since it was destined to leave her body, it's considered separate? If it's considered separate, what is the halacha regarding semen in a woman's womb? Is it considered part of her body since it did not form into an embryo, which would leave her body, or external since it came from outside her body? Well, Papa asked Pirshamo, what is Allah regarding the waste in her body? Do we say since she cannot live without eating, it's vital and deemed part of her body? Or perhaps this too came from outside and is an admixture? The Gemara additionally asks about one's skin, saliva, and mucus, and explains how it's possible to have a corpse without any of the above substances. All right, so now we go to our simon daf nunalf, and our standard simon is a gnawing beaver, a beaver that gnaws. So here goes. The gnawing beaver got so frustrated that he couldn't gnaw his way into a marble casket that contained two decaying corpses, that he tripped on hair that was connected to a corpse, and landed on a pregnant woman's stomach as she started yelling that her uber is like her thigh. Once again, it's emotion. The gnawing beaver, gnawing beaver, that must have warned off. No, no, gnawing beaver. The gnawing beaver got so frustrated that he couldn't gnaw his way into a marble casket that contained two decaying corpses, which reminds us, a bryce that teaches, of which corpse has the law of corpse dust that a later falls matame, a corpse which was buried unclothed in a marble coffin or on a stone floor, its of is matame because there are no other decaying elements mixed in. Rabbi Yochanan said, two corpses which were buried together become an admixture for each other because each is a foreign substance to the other and their combined rekev is not matame. So the gnawing beaver got so frustrated that he couldn't gnaw his way into a marble casket that contained two decaying corpses that he tripped on hair that was connected to a corpse, which reminds us, Rabbi Barachama quoted Rabbi Yochanan, if someone cut a corpse's hair and buried it with the corpse, it becomes an admixture with it and the ensuing rekev is not matame. The Gemara quotes a Mishnah, all parts of a corpse are tame, except for the teeth, hair, and nails, but while they are attached, they are all tame. So the nine beaver got so frustrated that he couldn't gnaw his way into a marble casket that contained two decaying corpses, that he tripped on hair that was connected to a corpse, and landed on a pregnant woman's stomach as she started yelling that her uber is like her thigh. Which reminds us, Rav Yirmiya asked, is a fetus in a woman's womb an admixture or not? Do we say that since uber yerich imo, a fetus, is like the mother's thigh for various halachas, it's considered part of her body, or since it was destined to leave her body, it's considered separate? So once again, the gnawing beaver got so frustrated that he couldn't gnaw his way into a marble casket that contained two decaying corpses that he tripped on hair that was connected to a corpse and landed on a pregnant woman's stomach as she started yelling that her uber is like her thigh. All right, so now it's time for four blabach hazara. Daf mem zayin. So the simmer daf mem zayin is a maze. So here goes. The kong got on the hairy maze. Maze. That must be on daf mem zayin. 
The Kohen Gadol and the hairy maze who rushed ahead of the Nazar, who was delayed dealing with a mace mitzvah, which reminds us, the seventh parak begins, Kohen Gadol and Nazar eimed tamim krovein. A Kohen Gadol and a Nazar cannot become tamim for their deceased relatives, in contrast to a Kohen Hedyot. A Mutamim a mace mitzvah, but they may become tamim for a corpse with no one else to bury it. If a Kohen Gadol and a Nazar were alone and found a mace mitzvah, it's a Malchok is Rebbe and the Chachamim who should become tamim first. So, the Kohen Gadol and the hairy maze who rushed ahead of the Nazar, who was delayed dealing with a mace mitzvah, got stuck behind two Kohanim Gadolim, one on Meshuk Meshem and Mishcha, and another who was in Ruba Bagadim, debating who should deal with another mace mitzvah, which reminds us, the Gemara presents three cases dealing with types of a Kohen Gadol, and teaches which should become Tami based on the relative Kedusha. The first case is between a Meshuk Meshem and Mishcha, and a Meruba Bagadim, a Kohen Gadol anointed with the anointing oil, and one invested only through the extra clothing. In this case, the one anointed with oil is greater and the other should become Tame, because the anointed one has the halach of a kongado that he brings apart kol Mashiach, a bull for transgressing in Issacharis based on his mistaken ruling, instead of an ordinary chattas of a female sheep, and a marubah baganim does not. So, the Kongado and the hairy maze who rushed ahead of the Nazar, who was delayed dealing with a maze mitzvah, got stuck behind two Kohanim Gadolim, one a Meshuch Meshem and a Mishcha, and another who was a Merubah Bagadim, debating who should deal with another maze mitzvah. As a Meshuch Muhammad and Skunk Kongado were racing to the end to see... Who is greater? Which reminds us, the Gemara inquires, Meshuch Mochamuskan Hemenehu Adif. Between a Kongado anointed for war and a deputy Kongado, which of them is greater? Meshuch Mochamu Adif the Chazgul Mochamah. Do we say that the one anointed for war is greater because he's fit for war? As the Gemara will explain, or Dilma Skan Adif the Chazgul Avoda, or perhaps the Skan is greater because he's fit for Avoda as a substitute for the Kongado when needed. Daf Memches. So the similar Daf Memches is a brainiac. So here goes the hairy brainiac. Brainiac. That must be more in Daf. The hairy brainiac Nazar who got a migraine, trying to compute why his mother told him he could become Tamei from Tzaraz, which reminds us, we learn from a Gezer Shavah with the word Koli'imo, that just as a Nazar, the tomb of Tzaraz and Ziva are permitted, so too by Kohen Gadol. So the hairy brainiac Nazar who got a migraine, trying to compute why his mother told him he could become Tamei from Tzaraz, while his brother taught him that if he was a Kohen Gadol, he could become Tamei for a Mace Mitzvah, which reminds us, Rabbi Kiva Darshan's from the word Lachiv, that even one who is both a Kohen Gadol and a Nazar becomes Tamei for a Mace Mitzvah. So the hairy brainiac Nazar who got a migraine trying to compute why his mother told him he could become Tamei from Saras, while his brother taught him that if he was a Kohen Gadol, he could become Tamei for a Mace Mitzvah, called his neurologist in a panic when his sister said he should even stop for a Mace Mitzvah on his way to Shechtas Pesach and circumcise his son, which reminds us. Arais explains that the word Ulochoso, and for his sister, Rimbai Nazar teaches that if one was going to Shechtas Pesach or circumcise his son and he heard that a relative died, he could not become Tamei for them because these mitzvahs, which are punishable by Karis, are more severe than the mitzvah to bury his relatives. The Torah writes Ulochoso to qualify this law. Only for his sister he does not become Tamei while on the way to perform these mitzvahs. But for a mace mitzvah, he does become Tamei even at the expense of Pesach or Mila. Daf Mem Tess, so the similar Daf Mem Tess relates to meat, and we use a butcher. So here goes. The hairy butcher, butcher, that must mean we're on Daf Mem Tess. The hairy butcher preparing meat for the father and mother of the Kohen Gadol Nazar, who became Tommy for a mace mitzvah, which reminds us, the Gemara said, since Rabbi Kiva derives from Ra'achiv, that even a Kohen Gadol was a Nazar becomes Tommy for a mace mitzvah, and certainly a Kohen Hedyo, why did the Torah need to write Ra'adv by Kohen Gadol? 
and answers that if the Torah had written his father, I might say the reason it cannot become Tami for him, because it's only a presumption that he truly is his father, cannot be established with certainty. But his mother, whom we know for certain, gave birth to him, he could become Tami for her. And if the Torah had only written his mother, I might say he cannot become Tami for her, because his Yichus does not follow hers. But perhaps he could become Tami for his father, whose Yichus he follows. So the hairy butcher preparing meat for the father and mother, the Kohen Galil Nazar, who became Tami for a mace mitzvah, told them to be careful not to step on any of the ten forms of corpse tumah strewn on the street. Which reminds us, the next mission states, for the following tumahs and nazma shave and list ten sources of corpse tumah. So the hairy butcher preparing meat for the father and mother of the Kohen Galil Nazar, who became Tami for a mace mitzvah, told them to be careful not to step on any of the ten forms of corpse tumah strewn on the street and not let the confrontational apprentice of a competitor who was banging on the door get in. Which reminds us, the Gemara relates that after Rabbi Meir passed away, Rabbi Yudah told Salmini, Rabbi Meir's Salmini are not to enter here because they are confronting him because they are confrontational, and they do not come to go in Torah rather to undermine me with halachos. Sumchus, the Talmud Rabbi Meir, pushed his way in and challenged him by telling him how Rabbi Meir had taught the Mishnah. Daf Nun, so the Simr Daf Nun is a non-stop flight. So here goes. The Nazar on the hairy non-stop flight, non-stop flight, that must be on Daf None. The Nazar on the hairy non-stop flight getting queasy from the netzel box of smelly decomposed animal flesh placed on the seat in front of him, which reminds us, the Mishandaf Memtes Amabes had taught that a kazais of netzel, a substance made of decomposed flesh, from a corpse is Matami and Nazar. Here Abai asked Rava, Yesh Netzel Behema or Ain Netzel Behema? Is there a rule of Netzel for animals or not? Meaning, would decomposed flesh from a Nevela continue to convey Tuma? So the Nazar on the hairy non-stop flight getting queasy from the netzel box of smelly decomposed animal flesh placed on the seat in front of him got a fright when he noticed that the steward pouring slow-moving zivite honey into a tummy teacup, which reminds us, the Gemara quotes the Mishnah, Koa Nitzok Tahor, any liquid poured into a container of tummy liquid is Tahor, meaning the upper part of the stream and what remains in the upper container is not connected to the tummy liquid below, chutz medvash hazifim batzapichis, except for zifite honey and sapichis, a thick batter. Beisham, I add a type of porridge to this list. Rami Barchama asked, according to the Tanakama, yesh nitzokul ochin or ain nitzokul ochin, is there a connection regarding a stream of melted foods or not? So the Nazar on the hairy non-stop flight getting queasy from the netzel box of smelly decomposed animal flesh placed on the seat in front of him got a fright when he noticed the steward pouring slow-moving zephite honey into a tummy teacup had a ladleful of corpse dust in the palm of his other hand, which reminds us the Mishnah taught that another must shave after contracting Tuma from a Mali Tarvad Rekab, a ladleful of corpse dust. The Gemara seeks to define the shear since the size of the ladle is not given. Chizkiah says, Mali pieces a yad, it's a palmful, excluding the fingers. Rabbi Yochanan says, Mali Chafnav, a handful. Alright, so now it's time to conclude their pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one. Which step of a question if an uber, a fetus, is considered an admixture in the mother's body or not because uber yerech imo, that's on daf? No, no. Good number two. Which stuff do you discuss why we need la'aviv la'imo in the Pasuk by a kohen gadol? That's on Dav. Memtes. Good number three. Which stuff do you learn that a gezer shavah la'imo teaches that just as the tumah of Tsaras and Ziva is permitted to a nazir, it's permitted to a kohen gadol? That's on Dav. Memtes. Good number four. Which stuff do you learn that the hair of a corpse is not tame unless it's still attached? That's on Dav. No, no. Good number five. Which stuff does the Gemara discuss if there is netzel for animals? That's on Duff. 
Nun. Good number six. Which stuff do we learn? When a corpse is buried unclothed in a marble coffin, it's wreck if it's matame, since there are no other elements mixed in. That's on Duff. No, no. Good number seven. Which stuff do we discuss? Who is greater? A Meshulach Mochamo or a Skan Kong Gadol? That's on Duff. Mem Zayin. Good number eight. Which stuff do we learn? The ten sources of corpse tumor that require another to shave. That's on Duff. Memtes. Good number nine. Which something when it's a machu? Because the shear of Melot Tarvid Rakiv, a ladle full of corpse dust, is a palmful or a handful. That's on Duff. None. Good. Number 10. Which something when it's a machukas? Whether Tikhachas Tahara, the shaving of a nazar in Tahara is done after the Shkita of a Shlamim or a Chatas. That's on Duff. Memhe. Excellent. That concludes today's shear. This is Rabbi Ramgoldham Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.